listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome back to our show Father Antropiano, who was ordained in Albuquerque in October 2021 with the Association of Roman Catholic Women Priests. Father Anne, welcome back to our show again. Thank you so much, Rabbi Neil. I'm so happy to be back. It's, it's great l- to see you. Thank you. You too. It's lovely to have you back here. Uh, the The topic for today came from reading a number of things online um, about. It was a quotation from from your Bible, from the Christian Bible. Yes. From from First Book of Timothy, chapter two, verses one to two. Do you want to start us off in our conversation about? What what is this? Because I read this, and I immediately, as, as soon as I read this this verse or these two verses, I thought of you, and I thought, what does this mean about women and teaching? And so, like, can you let's start us off? What is this verse? How does yes. it, how does it affect you? And and then I could maybe share a little about my perspective from the outside of that. So. I would love your perspective, Rabbi Neil. (laughs) So uh, the verse that you contacted me about is from the first letter of St. Timothy, chapter 2, verse 12. And it is, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. So I want to start just by being completely transparent that this particular verse has been weaponized against me personally fairly frequently. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be honest about that. Um, It's been used not only to keep me out of uh, the Roman Catholic Church, the institutional church, but also as a way to try to erode my own personal sense of call through bullying and harassment. So... um, so I guess I'm I'm grateful for the invitation to really dive into it. So I guess when when these things come up in the church, one of the ways to deal with them, you know, it's sort of like playing the game on the church's terms, okay. so to say. So if I were going to do that, so where does authority lie? So well then if you you say well it is in scripture holy as it is written, um unmediated, so to Mm -hmm, speak, mm -hmm. then you look, okay, so we start to look at authorship. So the letter is attributed to St. Paul, who is an enormous figure of authority in the early church. I mean, he's really responsible for spreading the gospel and building up the early church. It's attributed to him, but it's actually not written by him, uh, actually. So you know that there's a tradition of people claiming authorship to Mm -hmm. gain authority and then apply it at a later time. So it's not written by him. Um, And so the thing is, it's really pulling out that one verse. It really stands against the picture of the early church in the book of Acts and in the letters that St. Paul did write, where it's clearly a picture 
of co-leadership of women. There are many references to women as deacon. One is called an apostle, uh, preaching and teaching. So the question is, why does this one verse have more authority than this picture that is painted across multiple sources? And even in that very same letter, the very next chapter is four or five verses addressing women and men, but women as deacons, which is still forbidden in the church. So again, like this, this piece, this verse is pulled out to justify really a certain worldview when other pieces of scripture contradict that. So is it for you that it's, that, that, it's not so much the issue is the verse, but how the verse is used. I mean, it sounds like as you when you started, you were very, yeah. you know, it was very personal about how it's been weaponized and to erode not just your status, but your sense of self. So is that, is it in some sense, like, who cares about this verse? I, I don't know your perspective on, on, on the Bible itself in terms of what it means for you. Yeah, so... I- I think an interesting segue into this. So biblical interpretation, right? What's the relationship with the Bible? You may have heard about the Southern Baptist Convention. Indeed. Yes. So they amended their constitution to ensure that men are chosen as pastors and not women. And there was a woman that I heard on the news, Sarah Clatsworthy, I think her name was. And she said something along the lines of, we want to ensure for our daughters and our granddaughters that they understand that world order, essentially something like that, comes from scripture and not from culture. So she set up kind of this false dichotomy. So what I would say is scripture is the word of God through human hands. Ah. And so the approach really is um, really trying as best we can in this day and age, since the scripture is so old, to really bring the scripture to life through, from a Christian perspective, through really the lens of God's desire for healing and liberation. And through the, the, it's a living word that comes through engagement with God in the text now, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's, it's like, Allowing the scripture, the room to really breathe all of the richness that is within the stories of these communities of people who are trying to understand this mystery that really is ultimately unknowable but wants to be known. So we can only do that through human culture, through our senses. It's never going to be unmediated, which means we're always going to be on the pathway to learning. So that's how I look at it. So right. it's it's the how do you sometimes you read with the scripture and sometimes you read against it. See that that's fascinating for me when you when you said about scripture I think you said this God's expresses God's desire for liberation I think is how you put it. And it really made me think about well well that's one reading of scripture. Uh-huh. Right? That's your sure. reading. That's your reading. Exactly. Of um, and that may also be mine. And I was wondering, is that mine? I'm not sure what mine is here. But there are others who would say, no, Scripture is God's desire for us to behave a certain way. It's not about liberation, but control. And 
part of my journey with you is I'm learning with you is about the difference. Your path is very much one of liberation and fighting control, I think. Um, so I, I guess for me, there's a there's an underlying question about who who are we to say what scripture is? And maybe the answer is I'm me and you're you, and that's that's your reading of scripture is that it's it's liberational. Um, but of course, not everybody holds that. And those who would Agreed. say women be quiet would say that's because you know women just don't know how to behave properly in God's eyes. Um, so for me, that's the the challenge is the underlying way that we read scripture. Sure, and I and I would so coming from a Catholic perspective, right? I, I would say there are a range of valid interpretations, okay. and it and it does so. Yes, uh, Jesus would, I guess, teaches us about you pour yourself out for the good of the world through mercy, through uh, generosity, through ministering to people who are on the margins right. and bringing them into the center. So um, it's sort of, from a Catholic perspective, looking through the lens of that mercy mm -hmm. and desire for um, relationship, and you pour yourself out. So when the scripture kind of rubs against that, maybe it's a sign of culture, you know, uh, that yeah. is out of alignment. But culture, of course, expresses faith. Right. But also there is um, there are places where clearly culture is not uh, promoting equality or right. generosity or equity or any of that. So that's the dangerous places, I guess, what I would say is because then scripture can just be used as it is currently, it's just it's used for an agenda instead of allowing God to speak through it to teach. But yeah, I mean, Shakespeare says the devil may cite scripture for his purpose. And you could turn around and say, well, that's those who would weaponize the text against me. But they could turn around and say, that's you abusing the text. So what, what does that mean for us as religious leaders? I'm trying to think, you know, for, for me, from yeah. my own perspective, there's a, there's a similar text. It's not scriptural, although there's enough in the Bible, you know, that is clearly male-centered, particularly the ritual of the Sota, the woman suspected of adultery and what she has to go through um, to prove that she's innocent and, and how the rabbis then took that ritual and turned it into a very violent public ritual. Um in my tradition, there's a similarly difficult text, I would say, mm -hmm. which is from the Talmud, from Tractate Sota 21b. It's Rabbi Eliezer who says, whoever teaches his daughter Torah is as if he te teaches her tiflut, which is translated as immodesty or licentiousness. So it's it's a similar time, interestingly enough, of Rabbi Eliezer and, and, and your passage it's a similar time in human history where your passage is saying women should not teach. They should be silent. Right. This is saying in my tradition, the passage that I struggle with particularly is saying don't even teach the women. Because if you teach the women, they could end up doing bad things with our religion. And I struggle with that. I, I guess how do you like how do you hear that text from 
you know. Yeah, uh, well, one of the things that I appreciate about Judaism, which I have learned from you, actually, is really the room it allows for different perspectives. So one of the things I guess I would look at is, well, who is writing the Talmud? Who Mm -hmm. is present and who is absent? Similarly, in the Christian scriptures, of course, in the dogma. So whose voices are present? Um, Because it's one thing for one group to ascribe things to another group without that voice being present versus a communal understanding of something with voices that are present. So I guess I would, um, because clearly I disagree with that part of the Talmud. <laughs> right, right. And, and I do too, just to be clear. I get that. I, I do too. Um, but I think, I, I appreciate that, for me personally, I appreciate that perspective of who's writing this. And there would be the more orthodox perspective of the people who received it. And it was received from generation to generation, from Sinai to us. And so who are you to ask? But from my reform perspective of, of, of our voice, and this, is the, this was the voice of the people trying to find God at that time. And now what does it mean for us at this time, I guess? Yes. And... Um... Yes, I don't know. I I mean, I guess, Rabbi Neil, you know, such a hallmark of the spiritual journey is growth and being taught. And I feel that if if that is not happening, then something is not right. So, um, you know, in terms of the Christian tradition, the Holy Spirit is always at work drawing us closer to God. But as disciples, we have to be willing to follow, which means that things that get defined at a certain time um, may have to be redefined. And what I find going on presently in the Roman Catholic tradition is that, you know, because human consciousness, it takes a while sometimes Mm -hmm, for things mm -hmm. to, you know, like hit you know, critical mass or however you want to say it. To me, it's like the Holy Spirit is grinding away, trying to enlighten our consciousness. And then finally, at a certain time, it really floats to the surface and has to be dealt with. It can't be constrained anymore. Um, And so I think that that is happening right now. But the tendency is to want to hang on Uh. and to cling because it's, from my perspective, if you are willing to go through the discernment and you lead, come back to the same place, well, then you went through the discernment. Right. If that makes sense. It does. It does. We have to take a break. After the break, maybe we can both look at and share about the difficult parts of our tradition because we both struggle with our traditions, wrestle with our traditions in differing ways, I think. So... We need to take a break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil from Temple Bash Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Father Anne Tropiano um, from the Association, who was ordained rather, I should say, uh, from the, with the Association of Roman Catholic Women Priests back in 2021. And we'll be back after this break.
You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening is Father Anne Tropiano, and we've been struggling with these difficult texts. What does it mean for you to struggle with text? What does it mean for you to struggle with tradition? I, my struggle's different to your struggle. My struggle is I'm I'm in the tradition. I'm a you know, I, I couldn't be more embedded in the tradition. Um, you know, I'm a straight white male. You know that this is it. Um, you as as you were as you became ordained in the tradition, you were excommunicated from the tradition. What does it mean for you in that struggle? I, because I I I I see your struggle, but I I don't have this. I have a different struggle, I guess. It's a it's a great question. Um, I think. Struggling is part of the journey no matter what. Um, so being excommunicated from the church does have a heavy cost. So I will give you a very concrete example. So the struggle, although I will say I don't really struggle in my faith. Okay, go on. I don't struggle in my belief or experience of God. Um, I never let my prayer life slide. I spend vast amounts of time in prayer and um, thinking about these things. And so it's that part is solid. And I think that is what enables me to be in the struggle for justice for women and girls around the world, for every woman who has ever lived. <laughs> you know, that's really the rootedness. I will give you an example of some of the struggle is, and I think will become increasingly so, is interpersonal. So uh, I, whenever I do not ha say Mass, I go to Mass in the institutional church dressed in clerics. Oh. And so I get a range of responses right. to that reality. <laughs> and um, I recently had the experience just a couple weeks ago of a woman who was deeply challenged by this exercise in imagination, a woman embodying the symbol of a Roman Catholic priest. Uh -huh. So she asked me about why I was wearing the collar. And as soon as I answered her, she visibly started to get upset. Her voice raised, became yelling wow. in my face in church wow. on a holiday. Wow. So calling me Satan, actually, wow. which we've talked about in class. Yeah. Yes. So, and I I did leave, I'll be honest. I, I was caught very off guard, and I left shaking. Um, so the struggle is really confronting either the what I would call the ignorance, the lack of education, or just the outright hatred, the lack of civility. Um, that is a deep part of the struggle, but... You know, following the example of Jesus, it's you put your body on the line for for God's vision of wholeness and liberation for all of creation. That That is the path, right? For us, it's, you know, sure. it's crucifixion. Right, right. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, okay, okay, I hear you. <laughs> so um, I, I think those things can be, they can be tiring and very difficult, and yet... I'm. I, I never consider turning back. I get occasional letters. Sometimes when I put something in the newspaper, I get occasional letters that challenge, respond vitriolically. No one ever calls me Satan, ever. 
no one and is that because i'm a man is that because i'm established is that I, i'm I, i'm so horrified to hear of that experience and i always am whenever you share these experiences you know you're maybe one of the most christian christians i know you know what i mean and i mean that yeah, thank with, you. i mean that with love that you go out you help people you you try to live a godly life you bring the word of your scriptures to people and i just i don't know what to do with this in some sense and maybe it's not uh, i struggle with the idea that someone could call you satan to your face in church on a festival as opposed to sitting down and saying you know there are people who disagree with what i teach and fine and sometimes we'll have reasonable discussions is that just is that because i'm a man is that because i'm embedded in the system is that because of the normalcy every time you come here to this show you challenge me in terms of my own um privilege i guess um that i i talk and lead from a position of authority which was given to me by someone previous and who was a man um you know my my rabbi of blessed memory um he gave me my ordination um and i remember my ordination fondly as as surrounded by the jewish community at large i i, I don't know what to do with this the this uh, the, this ungodly what to me appears like ungodly behavior and you know I'll, i'll name it um that is the hypocrisy isn't it um i I think when it comes to the Roman I've been thinking a lot about this when it comes since that happened when it comes to the Roman Catholic Church there I think the thinking is it's almost like a thread you, if if women are ordained there's no real presence in the Eucharist if women are ordained you know somehow it's all connected like if that thread is changed mm-hmm. then what's the core of our faith like everything's on the table there's no real presence in the eucharist jesus is not the christ you know the roman catholic church was wrong on this so the roman catholic church could be wrong on other things and that so this woman who right. attacked me she said you are not in line with the truth the truth is jesus and i and i just looked at her i said i am in line with jesus huh. you know so i think that it, it's such a threat to a particular worldview um and i do agree that it is part of gender right i mean absolutely and that is historical in and out of the church and seems in every place and time where women are the seductresses and we are the downfall i know right, we talked a little right. bit about the difference between the christian interpretation of adam and eve mm-hmm. and the the jewish one and that is a haunting um interpretation that follows women everywhere you cause the downfall of humanity therefore you could be the we the men are the guardians and you are the undoers mm-hmm. and Can- you need to be controlled right. because you are dangerous and the truth is we are dangerous in terms of um we we want to reorganize society away from patriarchy mm. so yes 
that's absolutely true. How how wonderful. What does it mean to be dangerous? Um, I don't think I'm dangerous at all. Um, I mean, we can challenge people, but you're saying... I, I think what gets me is when you say, when people are talking about the truth. Right. The truth. Like, whose truth? Whose interpretation? You know... The way, the light, the truth. Is that the right way? Yeah. Uh, is that the, the right way? The way? truth and the life. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you. Um, uh, it's the as opposed to a. Exactly. And that is how the Roman Catholic Church has proceeded for millennia that we have the truth and everything else is not the truth and therefore deserves to be demonized. Literally, right? I right, mean, right. it's demonized right. as other and it's not the path. Um, and of course, like that mindset has opened up a lot since the Vatican II, the 60s. Right. You know, we, there are documents that acknowledge there are truth in other religions and um, a lot of things changed in Vatican II in terms of that. But the hangover from many hundreds of years of praying and speaking that way is still there. And that, I think, is one of the major drawbacks that the church presents itself as eternal and unchanging, ah. even though it has changed dramatically over 2,000 years, which makes Catholics unprepared for changes that are natural and endemic to a living relationship with God. So people can't, they're not prepared. It, does, it really does a great disservice to, to Catholics. I, I mean, I don't know if you experience anything similar in Judaism. You are reform it, tradition. And is it, is it just that people are more disposed in the reform tradition to learning and growing? And I mean, what's the relationship I mean, with it, scripture there? I've only got 30 seconds to answer <laughs> this. I, mean, I think it's in the nature of the name of the movement, mm -hmm. which is that Judaism reforms. It has always reformed. There was biblical Judaism. It was a sacrificial cult. There was temple-based Judaism, and then that was destroyed. And then there was rabbinic Judaism. And some might say there's post-rabbinic Judaism. So I, I wonder if part of this goes back to the education, um, what you're talking about you're sharing things. And when you said, you know, that other verses in this book are saying different things, right. maybe ultimately it's about education. In Reformed Judaism, we're very proud of learning. This is how our religion has developed. And and so we go from there, I guess. Yeah. You have to come back. I'm happy have to come back. To, we have to do more <laughs> of this. I, 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 always i always so appreciate us talking i so well appreciate i appreciate you creating the space and treating me as an ordained priest you are an ordained priest. i know but thank you for treating me like one well i i, I can't for me i i, I know I, I know what you're saying but for me you are an ordained priest yeah and thanks. what what does that what does that mean in the larger context of things that's maybe that's the next question for okay. us to well, thank you for bringing me in again and having this conversation. Always. I appreciate it. Our guest this evening, Father Antropiano, thank you. Thank you for being on our show. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.